We gonna let the band deal with this. <laughs> In my A style, <laughs> old school, uh-huh, okay, shut up, uh-huh, okay, what's up, shut up. uh-huh. All right, hey guys, what's up? You're listening to the MF CEO Project. I'm Andy, I'm your host, and I am the motherfucking CEO. <laughs> guys, today we have an awesome show for you, and I'm going to let Vaughn tell you all about it. Yeah, guys, Andy gets questions all the time about, Andy, should I go to school? Should I go to college? Is it worth it to get an education? Well, in many cases, it's not. In some cases, it is. But there is one education that everybody wants, and that is an education in the school of greatness. And today, we have insanely successful entrepreneur, podcaster, and the author of the New York Times bestselling book, School of Greatness, Lewis Howes. Lewis. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. This is an awesome setup. Yeah. I I, I feel like you're a visiting professor. Yeah, right? You're a visiting professor in the School of Greatness. I'm the dean of the School of Greatness. That's true. You would be the dean, yeah, or the founder of the School of Greatness. And I facilitate the great professors who come to me, yes. Yeah, that's great. So uh, you should should develop one of those. You know, Trump has Trump University. Well, that thing's bombed, and it's like a scam. So So maybe that wasn't (laughs) Maybe not that. Yeah, yeah. But maybe something like that that's real. That's legitimate. So I'm excited because of the conversation. I mean, just... You know, the conversation we've been having for the last 30 minutes uh-huh. has been exciting. Yeah. You know, I'm excited to get some We should have put that up on the podcast. I know, yeah. man. I know. Yeah. Let's well, just I was re- recording it. I'm Thanks. actually getting- I'll get he blamed wasn't for that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we lost I, the audio yeah. for that one, too. I, I was actually recording it on my on my iPhone, and I'm going to actually make it available to everybody for mm. $19.95. Well, that's go. too low. I need to just price it higher. Post it on some Instagram pages. Yeah. You know, it's a guaranteed bestseller. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <that's true. laughs> Unc- the uncensored MFCEO. How would that work? Is that such a thing? Yeah, I don't think so. But <laughs> so, guys, today we're going to make it all about Lewis, man. You just wrote this awesome book, mm-hmm. um, The School of Greatness, number two on New York Times bestseller. Huge yes. accomplishment. Thanks. Congrats, man. Thank that is you. a big deal. Thanks. I mean, that's something that um, I aspire to. And I know a lot of people listening, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things that you dream about. Of you know course. what I mean? How's that yeah. feel? It feels amazing, man. But again, like we were talking about before, for eight years, every week I would walk into a Barnes and Noble and yeah. I would visualize and have the experience of seeing my book on the front shelf right there in the in the front of Barnes and Noble and mm-hmm. see New York Times on the cover. Right. So I experienced it over and over and, and visualized it. You know, in sports I used to watch game film all the time. I don't know if you did you play football ever? Yeah. 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 We used to watch game film, especially in college football. We'd watch it all the time. And I would visualize I would also watch game film of like Jerry Rice and the best receivers right. and experience myself as them mm-hmm. and try to be like them when I go out to practice the next day. So I just felt like I was running game film in my, you know, my mind every single week when I'd go and experience this. And I said, what do I need to do this week to set myself up to make this happen? And then I'd go out and execute. Um, it's been an incredible experience. I mean, it feels really cool to, to say I'm a New York Times bestseller. I would have never thought... You know, I almost flunked out of uh, high school English. There was a time you would have never thought that. I, there was a time right. I never thought that where I was like, you know, I can barely read and write. When I came here to St. Louis in eighth grade to go to Principia Middle School, they gave me like a standardized test to get in, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a second grade reading level. So I couldn't really read. I was in a, a tutor the whole time through middle school and high school. And, um, you know, I almost didn't graduate because senior year I was just getting Fs in, in English. I couldn't even do the simplest things in English. Mm-hmm. And um, so I never had the security or the confidence in reading and writing and didn't think I was ever going to be able to do that. Then in college, we just wrote a lot more five-page page papers that I had to, like, figure out how to knock out. And I started to get pretty good at, like, these shorter, like, little blog post type of content. Right. And um, just trained and trained and trained, and eventually, you know, 15 years later, I guess you can create something. So, so, so what you're saying is, a lot of hard work <laughs> yeah. eventually pays off. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you do yeah. it consistently right. for 15 years, but, yeah. But getting serious, man. Like the one thing I hear when I and we talked a little bit about this off off the air, and I am a huge believer in it, uh, and I think most people don't understand this concept. But what you said that I mm. found really interesting was that you experienced it over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. at some point during that time, you came to expect that result. Yeah. And so, you know, let's talk a little bit about like hoping for a result uh-huh. 
versus expecting a result. Yeah. I think hoping for a result is never going to happen. Right. But again, for me, I was, uh, you know, it's interesting. We were talking about this before, again, how kind of like the world opens up to you when you're very intentional about what you want and you you put the work in to make it happen. And I, again, I would go to Barnes & Noble every week and I would see my book on the front shelf right there. And it was funny, about a year before my book came out, I just signed the deal. Um, and my brother goes, oh, you know, by the way, one of my good friend's wife is a buyer for Barnes & Noble. And I was like, really? Can you make an intro? So we ended up having a lunch meeting, and I told her my dream. I was like, my dream is to be in the first week of my book comes out to be on the front shelf of Barnes & Noble. And she's like, we're going to make that dream come true. And I was just like, wow, just putting it out there and right. talking about it and right. talking about my vision and how like powerful my vision is and the work I'd done to get to this place I enrolled her in my dream, and she was like, I'm going to help you make it happen. Right. You know, and the stars kind of aligned. So, again, I had to put in the work. It had to be a great product. And a lot of people will look at that from the outside and say, oh, that's luck or that's coincidence. But but when you have it happen enough, you learn to know that it's not. You know, and we talk a lot on this show and have – I've talked a lot about it on Periscope, about the power of visualization. (laughs) Absolutely. And how important it is, you know, to train – because a lot of people – can't visualize like when you first it's a skill you have to develop you know a lot of people you tell them hey go visualize this or like andy i close my eyes and i see fucking black like, <laughs> right, i don't right, see right. anything yeah yeah and 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 i'm like look it you're not gonna be this excellent visualizer from mm-hmm. the first day yes it's almost like it it, it is a skill for me at least maybe some people are it's definitely a skill yeah i mean look at this way you're you're telling me when i walked in here i was like this is an amazing place your facility and you go yeah but we're opening up a bigger place and we're consolidating, we're putting everyone together. And you were describing like in detail what the space was going to be, how big it is, what it's going to have. It's going to have an AstroTurf. It's going to have this. You're telling me already what it's going to look like, but it's not even created yet. Right. But you're designing it in your mind and then making it a reality. And if you're not able to design something in your mind first, then what are you able to, you're not going to create anything. You're going to create like a box. Yeah, or nothing. You're not Literally gonna, nothing. Yeah, so. You're going to end up being the fish that swims with the stream your entire life. Yeah. Right? And you end up, where are you going to end up when you swim swim down the river? You end up in the bear's mouth. Right. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? That's true. Lewis, like, what you just said reminded me of a great story I heard about Walt Disney, mm-hmm. where, you know, he, you know, started construction on the first Disneyland, but he died before the first day that it opened. Mm. And somebody said to his brother, you know, it's really a shame the, the first day it opened, it died? He, oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> before he, like, he before died he yeah. before it actually opened. Gotcha, gotcha. And somebody said to his brother, you know, it's just just tragic. It's such a shame that he didn't live to see this. And his brother responded back, Walt saw it before I, anybody else did. Right. That's and, powerful. I mean, it's just a great, that just gave a great me chills. Story. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a great story. But it's, it's to, your, to you guys' point. That's I, it, man. I think it's, you know, people always ask me, and I know you get asked this all the time, I, I mean, we haven't even talked about this, but I guarantee you, you get the <laughs> elevator talk, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, what's the one thing? What's the one thing? And I really think, I really honestly, truly believe that developing that power to visualize and the power to believe those visions as truth is got to be the number one That's skill it, that someone can have. This is it. This is the, I mean, not to talk about my book right off the bat. No, but let's this fucking is the, talk about but it. But this is the first principle. You know, there's I, there's eight principles of greatness from the School of Greatness podcast. I've interviewed all these people from all walks of life, from uh, Olympic gold medalists to, you know, spiritual leaders to Tony Robbins to all these different people, media moguls. And they all have these eight things in common that make them great. This is kind of what I discovered. Mm-hmm. The first chapter, the first principle is they have a, such a clear, powerful vision and they're able to see what they want. Yeah. You know, uh, Sean Johnson, Olympic gold medalist, wasn't just, didn't just become a gold medalist. Right. For 10 years, she saw that she wanted it and saw herself on the podium and doing the performance in the Olympics. And that's the same thing with you and your company. You know, 20 years ago when you started, you saw the vision for what you eventually wanted to create. Uh, you know, Bill Gates, all these guys, Steve Jobs, they have a clear, powerful vision. They're not just like, let's go tinker around and do something And hope fun. something happens. Yeah. Right. They're, they're like, no, here's what I want. Here's when I want it to happen by. Right. And here's how we're going to make it happen. Right. And it sounds so basic, right? Because that's, that's what, like, our teachers told us. Yes. But it's the truth. Yes. And, and I know for sure you're on a different level. And, and I could sense it. Just I could feel it. And there's not many people on that level because I, I meet I meet a lot of people and right. and I'm not trying to sound condescending or anything, right. but I can tell what level they're on in regards to their understanding and belief 
in, let's say, let's call it the law of attraction sure. or the universe yeah. or God or whatever people call right. it. Right. Energy. Yeah, right. Whatever. I mean, there's a million names for it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm to the point in my life where I'm so finely tuned at that I have to be really really conscious about what I think about and focus on because it <laughs> manifests instantly. Negative and positive. Exactly. Yes. It's like instant. Because I, I bet you're just like me where I can be as negative with the best of them. Yeah. I oh, can yeah. go into this negative cycle and be yeah. mean and nasty and that's why I practice these positive habits constantly and I surround myself with I'm people who way, are man. loving and positive so I don't get into this like I want to kill people like right. mentality or right. whatever or like right. get back at people. You right. know, it's like... That's why habits are so important. It's staying healthy. It's like we can yeah. get off track so easily right. if we don't have a trainer, a support group, something to keep us grounded. And it becomes and a negative spiral. We just talked about how I've exactly. gone through exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I'm, so, Lewis, I was telling you a little bit about. It. So, last night I got about an hour and a half of sleep because my wife yeah. delivered our second child. But um, you look awfully last handsome night, for an right? hour. Well, thank and you. I'm surprised I, you're here. I, I appreciate yeah. it. Well, I'm here, dude. He's I'm a, here he's, because I'm he, pretty excited. His wife, Where's your baby? His man? wife had a baby on Monday. He was here on Tuesday. Yeah. Wow, he, yeah. he's a soldier, man. So uh, it didn't happen last night. The baby wasn't born last no, night. No, no, no. I was like, you the should baby got the baby <laughs> but, got really fussy last night. But what? But you. as I was reading, you know, your book, and I did the vision part just grabbed me a lot. And as I was reading it, a quote that popped into my mind that I had heard elsewhere was um, a guy named C.S. Lewis said that the mind is the organ of truth, but the imagination is the organ of meaning. And it, and it, I I just one of the things I did to pass past the time as I was we were waiting for my wife to go into labor was I took an IQ test and I scored pretty well and I was pretty happy with myself well then I googled it and found out that there is literally no correlation between someone's IQ and their level of success mm -hmm. because people always think about the smarter you are the more successful you'll be <clears throat> but but what I what I really resonate with what you were saying that really the people that are successful in a way they have really amazing imaginations yes they can connect with their meaning <clears throat> and their significance in life and so I, I love that. Like, that was my favorite chapter, easily. Thank you. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's interesting. In, you know, high school and college was a challenge for me because I based my worth on my, uh, you know, great GPA results. What we're taught to base it on. Exactly, right. right? And so, like, I was always in the bottom four in high school. And I was like, I would just love to be, like, in the, you know, the 50% range. Just give me, like, in the middle. But I was always in the bottom four. And it's so funny, I, dude. I struggle hard, too. Yeah. yeah. So every time I got yeah. my grade card back, I was just like, I didn't even want to look at it. Because it was just, I knew it was going to be bad. And uh, that's why I was so driven in sports. Because I was like, here's one thing I can attach my identity to right. and become great at and get some worth from, you right. know, and get right. some acceptance and acknowledgement from. Because I wasn't getting it anywhere else in my life. So I put all my focus into that. But I remember hearing the quote, I think it's by uh, Roosevelt. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing that in high school and thinking, wow, I have a chance then. Because I don't think I'm going to be smart book-wise, like, mm -hmm. you know, class-wise in school. But I, I think I can understand people well and I can learn that skill and have emotional wisdom and people wisdom. Yeah. And that, I think, is going to make me, you know, much more abundant and, and wealthy of a person, human being, uh, and successful when I'm emotionally smart. Yeah. Which, and, uh, by the way, sense. if you were listening close, is a skill. Yes. Yeah. It's something you develop. Oh, man, yeah. You know, every... They don't teach you in a No, school. they don't. And <laughs> some people have it naturally. Yes. Some people are naturally charismatic, naturally loving and caring and, and about anybody. Like, yeah. my wife's like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. She is, like, she so selfless, so caring, so over the top. You know, to the point where, like, I, I feel like a piece of shit because I'm like, <laughs> dude, like, how do you do this? Yeah. But, you know, you can learn how to be more of those things. Sure. And it doesn't really take a lot, man. It takes, right. like, you know, your ability to listen, really. I think it takes ability to listen, but also the awareness of, like, figuring out what's important to you. And most people put their importance on making money only or like their level of success and what's in it for them as opposed to contribution and being generous. <laughs> and I think you could appreciate this specifically from like your experience and your past as a pastor is like you're all about giving and generosity and contribution. That's mm -hmm. like the come from from a lot of pastors is like how can right. I serve to the highest? Right. And I know you are doing that as well in your, your business and your mission is to serve. But uh, I think a lot of people in their early 20s, specifically men, are, like, driven by money and success right. mm -hmm. and fame or acknowledgement as opposed to how can I continue to give and contribute. And I think when we come from that space, like, everything shifts fulfillment-wise internally 
and people notice us differently and like really want to be around us when we come from that space. Like you want to be around your wife because she's right. giving and everyone right. wants to be around her because right. she's so supportive and giving, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a paradox, right? right. So like right. we just, Tyler and I, we just recorded our Thursday Thunder, which airs today, which was the last Thursday. So this is Tuesday now. You guys listened to Thursday Thunder a few days ago and we just talked about what you just said mm-hmm. about how, mo- and we're going to relate this, to, I'm going to relate this to business because we talk about business a lot um you know why so many people struggle in business is because they're so focused on what's in it for them exactly and if you can understand that business is about what you can give and what problems you can solve and who you can help now you're talking about real business you'll make more money than anyone if you can solve the biggest problems and they love you yeah exactly right and you feel fulfilled and you yep. feel good about driving a nice car or living yeah, yeah. in a nice house mm-hmm. or whatever it is you want to do with your money because you did it mm-hmm. by helping people, mm-hmm. right. which in today's day and age of social media, instant reviews, Craigslist, Angie's List, all, you know, uh, TripAdvisor, all this shit that people can instantly feedback. It's really become the only way to become successful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you're going to go out there and try to just make it about you, the word's going to get out pretty quick that, hey, this dude's in it for himself, and I don't really want to contribute to whatever yeah. it is he's doing. Now more than ever, there's so much transparency in the world yes. that you have to be a good human. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to suffer. Right. right. You can't just fake it and like no. put power over people there's too or control ma- people. Yeah, yeah. That's right. There's too many eyeballs all the time. You can't. And fake we were it. talking about this beforehand. We're like, you know, we won't say names. We're like, there's people in the social media world and Instagram who are doing things. We're like, they're gonna fade out quickly. Right. They might be making a quick buck and right. making some good money now, but with the level of integrity that they're doing it, it's not gonna pay off long term. That's, right. That's so right. What pops into my head from reading your book that I think is really relevant to this is your statement. It's not just having this personal vision statement about what you want to do. Mm-hmm. It's this personal vision statement of who you want to be. And I think that's the people that get it understand that goals flow yeah. out of character. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, it's all about our way of being. And it's something that I've learned over the years as well. I didn't really know this and I wasn't really practicing this because I wanted to achieve certain things. I wanted to have certain things. But it really, it's about being it's about be, do, have. It's not about once I have this, then I'll be mm-hmm. this person. Once I have the car or the house, then I'll be happy. It's like, no, be happy. Mm-hmm. Do the things that make you even happier, that serve people, and you'll have everything you want. That's so right. true. Right. There's so much. I, I call <laughs> it being on the other side of the mountain. Yeah. Like when I was on the front side of the mountain and I'm looking up at the mountain of success, and not that I'm at the top by any means. Yeah. I got a long way to go. Sure. But I just use the analogy, right? Uh, you know, when I was starting, I thought differently. And now that I've had a little bit of success in my life, I look back and how true that is. Like I struggled and struggled and struggled and struggled until I figured out what you just said. Right. You know what I mean? And then it took me years too, man. It was dude, like, and, but then once I figured it out, it, it like, it was like instant. Yeah. It was like, and the yeah. challenge is, you know, I was achieving all of my dreams in sports and business. You know, I'm, I'd sold a company for seven figures. I was everything I wanted to achieve athletically. I pretty much achieved. But I was always unfulfilled when I did it. Right. Like, Ten minutes after, I was like, man, fuck this. I was like, I was mad. I was like angry that I achieved it. And I was like, I didn't understand why. And I also remember that I just used to be driven to prove people wrong as opposed to to inspire or serve. I still have that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you can have it a little bit. But I think yeah. you still need to be like, okay, I'm up. I have a mission to create the best company and right. to create the best product that's right. going to make people healthier and happier. Right. You're competitive. You learn how to direct those you're, emotions. You can still be competitive in right, ways, right, but right. I think uh, when you're doing it in spite of people or to, to make people wrong or to prove them wrong, yeah, it's going to feel good for a little bit. Right. And yeah, it's going to give you incredible energy and drive. Right. It gave me like the most incredible drive. Right. But then it was like the flame burned out and I was right. just empty inside. You know well, what I mean? The, like the when you problem with it. that, and I know from, I mean, many, many times experience of, I, 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 the problem with it is that once you accomplish that, like, let's say, like, dude, I used to make it my goal to just hammer the shit out of our competitors and like <laughs> right. put them out of business. Right. And we've done that plenty of times. Right. And, I, and, and, you know, the minute they closed, it was like my fire went away. Yeah, and then so, what? You're right, just like, exactly. Okay. So, and I know like people probably. I got to go beat someone else up now. Right. It's people like, probably hear that and they're like, God, oh, that's, that's, well, we're talking about real fucking life here. Right. Okay? Yeah. Right. Like, that's business. <laughs> something I'm gonna, something I you said before people. 
something you've said before, Andy, too, is that that whole wanting to prove somebody wrong, that works on a micro level, but That's it right. doesn't work on a macro no, level. No, it's the same thing yeah. what Lewis said. Yeah. It's yeah. temporary. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, let me give you a, a real world example because I know people are listening here and, and we're talking about concepts. Let me tell you how, I, how this clicked for me. Our first eight or nine years in business, we owned a we owned retail supplements. So we worked at the counter. People would come in. Mm-hmm. My goal was always to sell them shit, right? During that time, we always struggled. We always struggled. I got so I would get so angry because we never really got any growth. We never really grew. Our business was kind of flatlined, and that was it. And I got so tired of it that I just stopped caring. I'm like, fuck, I don't care if I sell anything. And right. so, so what happened was when I flipped that switch, people will come in and I started telling them the, the honest to God's truth. Hey, you don't need this. This is what you should do. Hey, you don't need to do that. This is what you should do. Right. Even if it meant me selling less product. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what happened? People went out and they got fucking better results. And guess what happened? I can't buying more from you. Our business grew. And telling people about right. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what, I, and I figured it out on accident out of frustration, but, but now that I've experienced it and then that, you know, that was 10 years ago and I've seen the growth we've had since then, right. I'm sold hundred percent, you know, that this dude, this life mm. is all about caring about other people. It's all about what you can yeah. give. And the more you give, the more you're going to get. Mm. And there's not one person on earth that could convince me otherwise of that. I believe that. I think it goes back to what you're saying, which is I, most people aren't clear on who they want to be, mm-hmm. on what they want to stand on, mm-hmm. the principles. And listen, right. I'm not perfect, and I have you know my vision and my principles that I, uh, you know, stand upon. But I slip up. Uh, you know, I'm out of integrity. I think as long as we're human beings, we're going to be out of integrity at some point in our lives. Absolutely. And so we can't tr- say to be like, I'm going to be perfect every single day. That's just too much pressure on ourselves. But I think it's uh, being aware. You know, you had Gary Vee in here recently, and he's all about awareness right now and talking about that. But it's true. It's like being aware of like, you know what? I'm not being my best today. So what am I grateful for today? What can I work on and how can I be better tomorrow based on the principles that I said I want to live by? And so I think it's important for us to have a vision and have principles. And again, these are basic things that everyone should know and should learn, but if we don't have a vision, if we don't have a statement of write down of what we want, whether it be three months, six months, a year, anything, then we have no clue where we're heading. So it's really important for us to constantly evaluate what do I want to create in my life, my business, my relationships, my health, and how am I going to get there and be very clear about it. Otherwise, we're just going to be a mess and, and unfulfilled. Yeah, absolutely. I, so, so for those who haven't read the book, and if you haven't, you should, you actually listed four or five of your of your vision principles yes you touch i don't those? even know what they are right now to be honest <laughs> but uh i know they're in the book um but for me it's it's really about coming from love i think one of them was coming from love uh as often as i can because mm-hmm. i can be a guy that can get quickly angry or frustrated if i want to be my you know trigger is defensiveness because as a kid i grew up being bullied you know i was sexually abused by a man that i didn't know i was Always, I was like 6'4 when I was like 10 years old, so I was just this ugly, gangly, goofy-looking kid that just was dumb, that couldn't speak in class, I couldn't read and write. So I would always get defensive and try to like fight back. Anytime someone tried to like give me a jab, whether it be in sports or in life, I had to like puff my chest up and right. defend myself to be like, right. no, you're not going to abuse me. Right. And so for me, it's always like come from a place of love. In every situation, even when someone's listen, if someone's trying to kill me, I'm I'm not going to come from a place of love. I want to defend <laughs> myself, <laughs> right, but right, right. that's just never going to happen. Rarely, right? right? There's always situations that I feel like someone's attacking me that I can come from a loving, neutral place, as opposed to getting nasty in their face and coming back to them. I never feel good when I respond the way someone acts towards me in a negative way. So, come from love for me is something I'm working on. Again, I'm ne- never perfect. Um, and I think uh, another one for me is like always give my best. Mm-hmm. Always give my best. I don't want to go through life regretting not trying something, not going after something because I'm afraid of it. So I'm always going to give my best. And I think at the end of the day, if I give my best, I know that like, hey, that's all I could do is just show up mm-hmm. and give my best. So those are a couple for me. Yeah. And, and, and when he says give your best, we're not talking about the whiny 
I gave my best. I, I tried really hard. <laughs> no, I'm talking about leaving talking it on about, the field. That's like, right. We're talking about no really energy, giving your best. Heart and soul. Like a, there's dead. a difference because yes. in society, there's it's become. Like, I tried. Oh, I tried my hardest. Yeah. Has become like this whiny proclamation of mm-hmm. like mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And you guys need to understand who are listening when he says, and this is a very successful man who has accomplished a lot at a very. How old are you? Just turned 33. 33 yeah. years old, okay? He means leave it all on the yeah. field. When when you're, your best is your best, mm-hmm. and you've got to train that voice in the back of your head that, you know, it is come down. I don't like to use self-awareness because I feel like it's getting so fucking it worn is. out. It is. You know what I mean? It is. So many people are using that term now <laughs> yeah. because Gary beats it out there, yeah, and I love much. Gary. Yeah, yeah. But it's so, you know, so many people just want to, like, be like, oh, yeah. Self-awareness. And I'm like, dude, explain that to me. And they're like, well, you know, my my shirt's not wrinkled. I'm like, no, motherfucker, that's not what we're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. But it is self-awareness. I'll give an example. And again, not to like brag or something, but, you know, when I was 20, what was I, 25, I think it was, 2008, the 2000, uh, 2008 Olympics in Beijing, there was a sport on. I was just got on my cast off. I was done playing arena football. I had to retire from an injury. So I was kind of depressed. I was sleeping on my sister's couch. I didn't know what I was going to do next in my life. And uh, I was trying to figure out how to make money. I had no clue what I was doing. And I was watching the Olympics to get inspired. This is in the summer of 2008. And I remember seeing this sport called Team Handball on late at night one time. And I was just so fascinated by this sport. And my dream was always to be in the Olympics as a kid. And I didn't know how I was going to make it. But I saw this sport, and it was like, okay, that's a that's a possibility. Like, I could potentially make the USA national team in there, and then we could potentially make the Olympics. So in my mind, I was like, this is a dream of mine I've always had. If I don't at least go for it and see what's possible, I'm going to regret this for the rest of my life. And I need to make sure I live it all in the field to see what was possible so I don't regret this. Right. And um, – I didn't have any money, and I moved to New York City uh, a couple years later. I was like, I'm going to have to make money, and I'm going to move to New York City to learn the sport because that's where the team was to practice. And I moved to a new city. I was the only American on the team. It was like 16 different countries representing the team. It was people that were professional handball players from around the world. And in nine months, they like took me under their wing. I trained with them every week. I made the USA national team. We didn't qualify for the 2012 Olympics. And I continued training for the last four years. We didn't qualify for this Olympics 2016. And so I'm, now I'm evaluating, do I want to spend another four years of my life training for something where the chances of us are making it are basically none? It's right. like maybe 1% chance. If we were, if the Olympics were in the United States, I'd be an Olympian because we'd have an automatic qualifier. But they only take one country from North and South America. And just the way our federation is set up, we don't have the funds or the training. And these other countries have... 10 years on us of training mm-hmm. so it's be really hard to qualify and uh but i'm not at the point where i'm like you know what i've given my best i put the last six years of my life into like building a business and playing on a usa national team at the same time mm-hmm. and sacrificing having fun going to parties like being with friends months at a time to be in spain to be in argentina to train in subpar you know, training standards mm-hmm. in dorm rooms, essentially living in the gym because that's the type of money that the USA national team has. But I'm not at the point where I'm like, you know what? I've given my best and I gave it everything. Cause that was a dream of mine. And most people would try for like a week and be like, ah, oh, it's too hard. Dude, You're just, you made the point. I was just getting ready to say, like I was going right. to say, like that's too much. That is such a huge difference between people who are very successful right. and people who end up just kind of going with the flow. Um, is how long they're willing to invest before they say, yeah. I gave my best. Six right. years on that. Six, six seven years. Six yeah. years. So. It took me 10 years to make over 40 grand in our business. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and people are always like, I, and I get these emails a lot, man. Andy, I've been doing this for a year and I just don't. Well, I'm like, dude, yeah. a year time, ain't shit, man. bro. Yeah. Stick it out. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's such a defining characteristic amongst people who are successful mm-hmm. is how long they're willing to, to uh, endure yeah. uh, till they say, dude, I gave it my best. It's interesting. You know, um, do you watch uh, The New Girl? It's a TV show called The New Girl. I don't it's, think I've seen it. It's my a, wife and I watched the first Is It's a really popular, it's, it's a hilarious, yeah, it's hilarious. popular show on TV. I don't really watch TV, but I'll watch it every now and then because 
the guy Schmidt, yeah, who's yeah. one of the main characters, it's yeah, like yeah. the funniest guy on TV. Yeah, yeah. He works he works out at the CrossFit gym that I used to work out at, and um, so I would train with him every now and then, and because I'm in the Hollywood, so all the actors are there, whatever. And I remember having you he, look Hollywood, dude. right? Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lewis has got that Hollywood look. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I would uh, I would train with him, and then one day we were like having a smoothie. I'm still trying to get him on the podcast, but he's been pretty busy. Um, his name is Max. And one one day we were having a smoothie afterwards together, and I just like he came and sat next to me for like 30 minutes, and we were chatting. And I go, dude, how long have you been in this game in Hollywood, like trying to make it? Because I never heard about you before the new girl, the show. Right. He goes, I've been out here busting my butt for 10 years before I got this gig, and he's like, I was. I was like, did you ever think you wanted to quit? He goes, every freaking year because, but then so, I would get like a little gig that would pay me just enough to get by the next couple months. And like, I'd get a little win and a little win. And it just kept me in the game for 10 years. And now he's like the biggest, yeah. you know, star on TV. Yeah. One of the biggest yeah. guys on TV right That's now. So awesome. Making bank. Definitely one of the most unique characters. One of the most unique characters. And he's hilarious. like, everything prepared me for this moment. It yeah. was all, uh, I call it like, you know, reps. You're just getting like practice reps for yeah. the real thing. And that's what I look at my life right now. Everything is a practice rep for like when Oprah calls, when whatever the president calls, right, right, when whatever. Right, it's right. like a practice rep for all the news, all the interviews, for when like the big dogs show up or whatever. It's like, well, you're doing it big now, bro. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's like, you know, it's a whole nother level when you're on TV all the time yeah. and all these other things. It's like, this is a practice rep, so the way yeah. I look at it. You I know? see you hustle, man. Yeah, I appreciate this it. This man's got this man's got grade A plus hustle. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. for real, Lewis. Right. Let me take you back just for a second sure. because I know you talked about your struggle in school early on. Mm-hmm. You talked about the the uh, the abuse and different things. And this is a, this <clears> is a a topic that's not only addressed in your book. It's something that Andy hits a lot. And this is the whole issue of adversity. Uh-huh. And I, um, I, I'm actually not exactly sure how I'm going to phrase my question, but basically, it's it's you look at this connection between adversity and success mm-hmm. and like adversity is absolutely 100% necessary. I yes. heard a great quote the other day that said that the, the, that the wor- world war two was actually won during the great depression because it forged all of the character that right. end up leading those men and women to basically fight off Hitler. And win yeah. the war. But so Annie and I talked about this the other day is that whether it's, entrepreneurs or everyday Joes or even like Christians in America, we, we don't know what adversity really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the average person. Um, I guess my question to you is what, talk a little bit about what, why you think that's so necessary for the forging of greatness, which it, it appears that, that that's what you think. Yeah. And then the second thing is like, because we do have a lot of prosperity in America, I mean, I, there are obviously a lot of people who are struggling, but because we do have <laughs> the prosperity, are we almost at a disadvantage yeah. from people in third world countries who who are just forced to forge that character it's a great question i'll try to answer in many different ways but the first way is like a lot of entrepreneurs um i feel like the reason they don't have what it takes is because they haven't been through adversity in their early childhood or they haven't been through it like as an athlete that's why i feel like athletics and sports gave me the best advantage to be an entrepreneur because every day in football, you're wearing pads, especially in St. Louis. Man, it was miserable, like, in the summers here. People are surprised how hot it gets. Oh, my yeah. gosh, yeah. man. The three-a-days in the summer, just that alone, it's, like, the closest thing to boot camp you can think of for a civilian, probably. Um, and just every day, the, the mental challenges you have to come overcome from the coaches, your teammates, the game time situations, the pressures. You know, I was facing that every day, every week for my whole life. Mm-hmm. So for me, I felt like I had the advantage because I've already pr- trained my mind to overcome adversity. And all the people that I interview, the people that make it to the top in, in sports and business, they all have to overcome adversity. I think when you have a big dream, if if you're just living like an average life and you're just walking through doing the average, you're not going to face much adversity. But if you have a big dream, the challenges are going to come your way. You don't have to, You don't have to look for challenges. You don't have to say... I need to find adversity so I can overcome it or something. It's going to happen. When you went from a superstore, you know, nutrition tour to saying, I'm going to open a warehouse and then become like one of the biggest supplement companies in the world, it's going to happen because you don't know the things you need to know yet to get that big. Yeah, I never really thought about it that way. That's that's a great awesome way to think about it. The bigger the dream, the bigger the adversity that's coming your way. That's why there's always going to be new adversity the more we grow. Right. 
Um, and so when the, the great line. leaders embrace it, you know, Steve Jobs, when he decided to take back Apple and, and create the iPhone, it was like a new product that he had never done. There was adversity and it's just constantly evolving. Um, every athlete, once you reach the top, it's like, oh, I got to stay at the top. There's new adversity coming your way constantly, new pressures. So the greatest individuals know that adversity is coming and they know how to embrace it as opposed to shy away from it. Would, I, I think they look, I think too they I, I think they look at it as just like you know you you and I both come from an athlete background mm-hmm. and I think you know because of that I personally and you could tell me if you agree or disagree but I personally look at that as I welcome it you know I yeah. look at it like hey it, no different than mm-hmm. hey I'm in the weight room and I got to train exactly you know what I mean yeah and and I know that the more adversity that I deal with and overcome that makes me better than the next guy you know, yeah. and, and, and I, so the only way you're going to get better is through pain, right? The only yeah, way man. Arnold got bigger was through tearing the muscle right. and dealing and with it, adversity and life is the same way, it's the same way, but, but so many people will take that adversity and go cry and pout and they think it's only them or the, like I said on, on a Thursday thunder, the world hates me. The world doesn't fucking hate you. It doesn't love you either. <laughs> the world just is, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's you mm-hmm. and, uh, I mean, dude. Well, here's the thing. You, can, I think you can choose for the world to hate you if that's your belief. Then exactly. the world does hate exactly. you. Or you can say, you know what? The world loves me. And every day I come from the world loves me. The world loves me. And the world will show up with love. Right. So it's neutral and you choose what it is. What to see. Right. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, I dig that. I think that the, 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 whole, the whole adversity concept is uh we want to skip it yeah i think we need to start welcoming it more and more and say listen like i'm going through challenges right now in my business i'm growing i've never i've got 10 people on my team right now i've always been like a a guy with one or two assistants or people on my team kind of like a smaller solo entrepreneur but now i'm like wow things are building and i want to grow and i have a bigger vision and i've never handled that many people so for me it's like i've got to learn a whole new skill about how to handle 10 people and logistics and with me traveling four days a week it doesn't sound hard but it's hard it's challenging people is very hard. and when you're paying money every you know premium price for employees every single day what how do you know what they're doing if they're producing and you're like oh the money's coming out but where's it going it's like you've got to learn a whole new skill of adversity that comes your way and still be on top of your game when you do interviews yeah. or when you're creating the product or whatever you're doing. I still got to be on my game and ready for right. what I'm doing in life. Yeah. So it's just, a, you know, you got to welcome the challenge. And for me, I'm like, we're reinvesting in so many things. And I'm like, I've never done this huge conference that I'm going to put on at the end of the year. But I have a vision to make an annual event to bring the podcast to life. And yeah. it's like, okay, I got to learn new things. And there's going to be adversity and challenges. Right. but. It's going to make me a better human in the process. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. So would you guys go so far as to say, I mean, like if I literally said it like this, it's it's not just that pain and struggle are a normal part of the pursuit of greatness. It's that pain and struggle actually produce the greatness. I think so. I think pain, uh, in, and you don't have to suffer, but I think you need to experience pain. And that's why in my book I talk about the power of experiencing pain every day to build the threshold. And what I mean by that is like you can simply just do a workout every day and you'll experience pain if you push yourself hard enough. I think the more you um, train your body and your mind to experience that amount of pain, it's not going to be painful Mm -hmm. when you face the adversity. But I think it's something that's a necessary thing you need to produce great results. I mean, think about it. Any great athlete, do you think they all just walked on and had athleticism and they were 22-year-old phenoms? Or they train for years and years of pain to get there. Well, that's the problem with with society in general is what we get presented to us. The glorified story is the story of, oh, Kobe Bryant signs right out of high school because he's a freak. But what they don't tell you is that Kobe Bryant's been hustling since he was five years old. Yeah. And, you know, right. and he's the hardest worker on earth. Hardest right. worker. You know? I mean, I was at the gym today with Sean Stevenson, your mutual friend. Yeah. And we got there, I don't know, what, uh, 8 o'clock. And right when we get in there, there's a basketball court. So me and him decided to, like, warm up and play basketball. There was a guy there with a tank top and just his headphones literally shooting, like, a five-foot shot, set shot, just practicing over and over and going around the rim, shooting this shot, like, five feet away. He looked like a jacked, like, stud, like some St. Louis, like, slew college player yeah. that was, like, that guy is like a stud looking, but he was just doing the most boring 
shot over and over when we were there just playing basketball. Then we went up to the gym, and he was still doing this shot, the same shot over and over. Then I went into the shower. He's still doing it. Then I left. I'm dressed and showered and coming here. He's still doing the same shot for an hour and a half. And I'm like, this guy is dedicated. He's doing stuff that maybe it's not painful, but it's like it's not fun. It's monotonous. (laughs) Dude, you know what's – you know, here's the – the greatest parallel to that though mm-hmm. is that it, it, and this is I use this all the time and if my guys are gonna be listening to this podcast because I know they do, but that's what wins fucking games. It's it, man. You know what I'm saying? I was like at the end and of the game, the wins, championship, he's that's what score. wins life. Yes. Is doing the fundamentals perfectly over and over. Consistently. That's ever. It. Like, dude, right. and I teach my guys that all the time. Yeah. I'm like, look, this is not about fucking three throws. It's not about 360 reverse dunks. <laughs> Three-pointers, yeah, yeah. Fucking layups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what Over I'm and over. That's right. If you never miss a layup in life, you'll win. You'll win big. And that's, dude. You don't need grand slams. No. And that's that's <laughs> right. You know, that's the thing. And, and you know, I, it just doesn't get any simpler than that. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, getting the fundamentals down and getting them. And, and, what, and it doesn't matter. Whatever you're doing, whether it be. Uh, working at a Fortune 500 company, a CEO of that company, or you're making French fries at McDonald's. Right. It doesn't matter. You could practice this habit that we're talking about right. at whatever you're at. It's a habit of perfection of the little things. Mm-hmm. And if you're at McDonald's and you're cooking French fries right now, you know, it's not the glorious, the most glorious thing in the world. But, dude, everybody in this room has done shit jobs yeah. that they didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. developing a habit of making those French fries perfect every single time is going to be carried with you to the next thing, and and then the next thing, and then the next thing, and eventually you'll be teaching that habit. You know what I mean? And that's it's that simple. Yeah, you started off. You said twenty years you've been doing this, right, yes. Andy? And you started off just with a store for ten years, making forty grand a year or whatever, right? Doing the same things over and over. You didn't start off with the warehouse and however much money you're making now, no. and just like, oh, let's start a warehouse and do this thing. It's right. like you built the foundation and the habits. And, and over really, and over. the truth of it is, a lot of people here, you know, we've been doing it for seventeen years, and they're like, fuck, that's a long time. But remember, the first ten, I totally fucked off. Right. So uh, until I got my head out of my ass, that was really only the last seven years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. Mm-hmm. It's so, pretty fast then in seven years. Right, exactly. So like, let's take the first 10 years where <laughs> all I cared about was making enough money to get drunk and go right, out and right. chase chicks. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? And then let's say when I got serious. Mm-hmm. And when I got serious, shit happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I got serious about making sure that every single person I interacted with, not in my store, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Walked away saying, "Damn, dude, Man. Mm-hmm. I like that guy. Mm-hmm. I want to be friends with that guy. I want to shop with that guy. I want to do business with that guy." Yeah, I've got a. It's a twenty-four-seven thing. I did a speech uh, a while ago, and I have the uh, the whole thing on my uh, my screensaver right now because I haven't taken it off. It's called the Seven Daily Lessons for Having It All. Mm-hmm. And I did it. I gave it for a bunch of entrepreneurs who are making eight, you know, seven, eight figures a year in their business, and they're having it all in their business, but they don't have it all in the rest of their life. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took the lessons from the School of Greatness book and I put it into kind of these, these other lessons. And one of the things that all these great people do is they make sure to make someone else's day every single day. Mm-hmm. And that's just what you talked about. It's right. like, don't just make your customers' days, but make everyone's day right. every single day. Right. And that can, that's free. It doesn't cost you money. You can smile. You can hug someone. You can say hi. You can give them a high five, you know? And, Be kind. And, yeah, and exactly. And I would tell people this, okay, because people, here's here's the rebuttal to that. People will say, because people have rebuttal to everything. Right, of We're course. all on the internet and we know this. Of course. Right? right? Right. Especially online. They'll say, Andy, but aren't you, you're telling, you're telling me to manipulate people for your own good. No, I'm not. Because when you first start doing this, it'll feel that way because it's not natural for you to do. And what will happen is you'll get so much pleasure out of doing it that it becomes a habit of who you are. I get so much stuff for free. So many upgrades just for walking up and smiling. And be like, how was your day? Right. And like just being joyful. And saying thank you. Yes. Be courteous. Dude. How simple. (laughs) Yeah, I, you you guys would not believe, and I, I've experienced the same thing, especially at hotels. Oh my how gosh. far saying thank you to people yes. gets you? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I mean? That's it, mm-hmm. Lewis. I have to tell you that one of the things I noticed about your book was it's funny how some people, when they write a book, they'll name drop. The, you know, oh, I happen to know this famous person. Your your book was exactly the opposite. Mm. The way that I felt like you talked about other people, you were like. 
look how awesome this person is. Not mm-hmm. that I know them, that, but that look at the lesson of their life right. and what they what they have to share. And I, I was really impacted by not just what you said, but how you said it and the way that you illustrated it Thank in you. other people's lives. But I want to put, because I know we're, you know, this isn't just a motivation podcast. This is a, this is a entrepreneur podcast. And I, I'm curious, Andy, this... this I want to say something about what you just said. Oh, sure. Go ahead. So and keep what you're thinking about. Yeah, yeah. Because I'll answer that. But... <laughs> That's where you really tell the cream of the crop from the fakers to me. Right. Because so many people out there right now value their social, quote unquote, social leverage so much Mm -hmm. that they want to take other people's information and not steal it, but they want to like use it to leverage themselves to prop themselves up as opposed to saying, wow, look at this person and look what they've done. And this is a great story and a great example because they don't want to like lend that credibility a hundred percent because they're afraid if they do, then their people are going to go follow that person or something. You know what I mean? And doing it the way that he's, that he's done it is the selfless real way of doing it. So I hope when you guys read the book, you pick up on that. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people won't fucking do that. They won't put their name behind somebody in that sort of way that you're describing. Because they're like right. living in a, a scarcity mindset. Right, right, of like they want right. all the it's attention. Insecurity. And here's the thing that I've learned over the years. You know, I wasn't always this way, but I started to learn that there's so much abundance for all of us. Right. Like I can have someone on my podcast and promote who does the exact same business, same courses, it's same everything. Help you. It's not going to take away from like me. And there's other people I see in the space that are like, they're scared. They're scared to like ha- promote people or whatever it may be or talk about them because right. they don't want their audience to leave them or something right i'm like i've done over 300 yeah i've done over 300 something episodes with people and my audience grows right it's not like and yeah people tell me thank you for introducing me to this person i bought their book and i love their stuff now awesome you should like i want you to find the right information because i don't know it all right these are experts that's why i'm bringing them on right um but hopefully you'll keep trusting me to come back for more right you know what i mean so tremendous value in that and it's genuine value yeah and you're the same thing do you know you don't sell just your product, yeah. right? You sell no. other people's product. Right. Yeah. You have other stores, right? right. I don't yeah. know if you talk about yeah. that in here. No, but we sell, we, a lot of people don't realize that, but we actually distribute third-party products all over the country. All over the place, right. all your stores. We're vertically integrated, so anything that and we I, do... And like, I asked you, I right. was like, oh, that's great. You own the retail stores, so you just put all your products in the front of the store. And you're like, no, actually, we do the opposite. Yeah. We want people to choose the best product. And yeah. I was like, wow, that's amazing yeah. that you have that as opposed to... Let's just make this all about our product and sell, sell, sell. We can make more, um, you know, off the top from our product right. than other products. Right. Obviously, you're going to make more of a cut. Right. But you're like, no, that's like the opposite. We want to make people choose. Well, we're we, playing we long game. We want people to come yeah. back. Yeah. And you're you like, know? we want to create, we want to make sure that our product continues to get better so people just have to buy it. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't need a front store no. placement it. That's right. And like trick people right. or just shove it down no. their throats. And again, you're living in a we're world the of abundance. We're the only product out there. I mean, I mean I, there, we're the only we're the only supplement product out there that fully guarantees everything that we sell 110. percent So you, if you were like a scammer, you could actually like make money buying our products. Wow. You know what I mean? We have right, less right. than one percent return. That's so, great. Wow. You do a lot of sales. I know yeah. that. <laughs> which is less, which is less than national average of four percent on retail. Wow. So. Well, while we're on the subject of promoting things that we believe in, uh, we do want to tell people. You gonna uh, talk about me again? Uh, yes, I no, I was actually no. Uh, we're gonna talk, uh, guys. If you haven't checked out Lewis's website, it's lewishow.com, L-E-W-I-S-H-O-W-E.com, yeah. and the the book is School of Greatness. And then, of course, you've got a couple other ones, uh, LinkedIn networking. Yeah, I've got a LinkedIn book you, and a webinar book. Yeah. Those are more smaller yeah. books. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, definitely check them out. Check out the podcast, which yeah. is also called The School of Greatness, That's right? right. Yep. So here's here's what I, w- I was going to – the question I was going to direct to Andy. A lot of times, because I handle this aspect of the MFCO, we'll get emails and, and we'll get somebody trying to be on the podcast, and they'll say something like they almost invariably lead with um, – we have this huge social media following or whatever. And what they, I don't think what people have kind of learned about Andy yet is that you really, when it, when all said and done, you really don't care about right. someone's social media following. You have them, you have, you have people on the show no, because Vaughn, they have a good story. I don't give a fuck. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's true. Does uh, Vaughn ever swear or no? We I try do. to get him to. I That's do. the whole no, joke. Do. You do? I do. I, he has before. I mean, when I met, I, let's put it. He has before, but he gets Would like, God be okay with that? Uh, well, there is a cuss word in the Bible. Oh, really? Yeah, what is that? Is. It's in Philippians chapter 4. It's Which verse? Uh, 4.12, I believe, where Philippians says, or St. Paul says, I consider everything scubala, 
compared to the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've counted everything a loss. And, and what, what does scubula, scubula mean? Scubula means it's basically the slang term for uh, bull caca. <laughs> he wanted yeah. to say it. <laughs> he good. will. Stay in He's, integrity. Dude, I, love I got him on Snapchat one day Same. rapping Easy E. Oh, and, yeah. and I caught him saying a cuss word, and he's like, can't post that, can't post that. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. I, but no, I, it, it's a good He's it's setting the example for his it's kids. Dynamic, it's great. Yeah, exactly, I, you exactly. know, I try to swear less, to be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. I find myself doing it too much, and I'm just like, yeah, eh, I could you know, say dude, a word without it. I'll be honest with you, man. Like, this is going to sound, this is almost going to sound egotistical, <laughs> but I, it is what it is. Like, since we started the podcast, I see people overusing the F word now, yeah. and it's starting to get on my nerves. Yeah. Like, yeah. now I'm like, <laughs> is it really necessary? Yeah. Like, I mean, your ratio in one and four is very reasonable. Well, here's the thing. You know? All of your 15-second <laughs> videos on Instagram have fucking, you better step I know. up. I know. And that's like the two times in the but whole hour right, you say it. So. Here's the difference. But see, it's an art form, though. But like, of course. Th- like that, dude, and it's who you look, are. Look, look, look. Right, right. It, cursing the proper way is an art form. <laughs> it's it not really just is. using it in a sentence to right. use it. People that yeah. put it in the wrong place or, or say it the wrong way or use use it in the wrong order, it annoys me. Right. So, <laughs> like, if you're going to curse, at least do it right. Right. And, mm-hmm. and perfect your art. But here's I've got to perfect it. Here's it's something good. else. Right? This, this is totally off on a tangent of curse words, but I, I was told the other day, one of, one of the guys that, that... Like, dude, here's one thing that I really can't stand, <laughs> yeah. dude. Sorry. Dude, if you put it... If you like, pe- like I would never wear a shirt that said the word "fuck" on it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, right. And so here's my point. So I, 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 I was working with another client, and they were telling me about this person that I mentioned. She's fairly well known in St. Louis, and uh, he went out with her and a couple of other people who are who are like really upstanding members of society, and they were at the restaurant, and this woman was just like dropping f bombs left and right, and so this guy said to me. And this is in front of a, a guy and his kids. Mm-hmm. And so this guy said to me, uh, so is Andy like that? I said, not even remotely. He has social acuity. What do you call right. it? Social yeah. acuity. Like, you know. Social awareness. When, yeah. Right, social yeah. awareness. You know when you're supposed to Dude, do Dude, I give clean speeches. Right. You like, I, go, clean go to, speeches. I don't go to high school He's and I don't, like, drop yeah. F-bombs. But, but that kind of thing, that, that's what annoys me is when people don't understand their environment. Etiquette. And, and they don't understand etiquette. Yes. Um. So, but anyway, what I'm I, just so, being me on the yeah, show, absolutely. and and that's that is how I speak. Right, it but is. It's your house; you can do what you want. And well, the thing is, is like that's how we are around here. Right, so right. it's just how right. I am. It's, it's, yeah, of it's, course. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. but when you when you're overdoing it, like, or you don't know how to do it, just don't do it. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Or if you're doing it to try to prove something, yeah, or yeah. you know, like, yeah, we're gonna change the name to like. The mother fudging CEO. <laughs> I think that'd be great. So anyway, here here was the point. You that would I was think make. it was great. Yeah, what was know, the question know, we were asking? No. So here's the point that I was. Gonna What's make your favorite curse that, word? Yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I have like I said, I've always told people Andy does not pick our guests based on their social media. He t- picks them based on the value that they mm. provide. In fact, we've got a couple people on who literally have no social media right. following in the past. So what I wanted to ask you, Andy, is obviously this is this is also for entrepreneurs. What do you think, if you had to isolate it down to one thing, what do you think is Lewis's greatest value? What does he provide mm. for our entrepreneurial audience? Oh, wait, let, me, let me videotape this to see. <laughs> let, me, let me get this on my blog now. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be real. Lewis is a pretty handsome guy. He is. He <laughs> is. So, he is. Um, I got to be honest with you. I don't know if anybody has ever told you this. I don't know why, but when I first saw you, I was like, that dude kind of looks like Tim Tebow. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, did you think I've so? never gotten Tim I mean, Tebow. Tim's a lot bigger. You know, he's, he's a little jacked. bit more jacked, I get, I get uh, Michael Phelps a lot. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I get yeah. Eli Manning every now no, and then. Yeah. But I'm like, those guys are yeah. both kind of like I, I'd have to see looking. you in a Speedo like, for Tim. You're better looking than both those guys. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I always like, I feel like yeah. it's kind of a, I don't know. It's just because you're tall, dude. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, first of all, what I like about Lewis is that he brings a balance to an even keel. And this is what we talked about before we got on the air, even keel presentation of the message. You know what I mean? And normally I would, normally I would argue, and you guys have heard me say this, that you need to be on an edge or you need to be, um, there needs to be something about you that makes, that's different. You know what I mean? And, and And at first glance, when you look at Lewis, you know, you're clean cut dude, you're all American looking dude. And you're like, man, what's this dude about? When you hear him start talking, the, the principles that he talks about, and, and, and especially on the mentality aspect of it, I think that's where you could teach and bring and touch people on the, on, on the biggest aspect. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You don't see Lewis 
posted pictures of his Lambo or right. this or that. Um, in fact, what is that thing you drive, man? 91 Cadillac. That's pimping, dude. Yeah, yeah. 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 So <laughs> I got we, it for four grand. Dude, it's <laughs> awesome. But, but the mentality that he believes in, that he talks about, that he's written about, and that he talks about consistently in his speeches, I believe is utmost crucial to being successful. You know, I think success starts in your brain 100% with your ability to visualize and it's it's ironic that you started your book that way because I haven't actually got to read your whole book yet. Right. So it was that was people probably think that was planned, but it wasn't. Right. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I I just think the way that he helps people see the process mm-hmm. of becoming successful without just like I mean, dude, I I get carried away sometimes. I just pick on myself. You know, I get carried away with assuming that people know shit. And so I'm like, oh, just fucking get to work. And they're like, what does right. that mean? I'm willing to work, but yeah, how right. do I start? You know, and I get angry and I yell and this and that. I just like the the even keel, simplistic, mm-hmm. simplistic way that he brings mm-hmm. his message to people. And I yeah. think that if you're looking for something that, you know, you don't know where to go or you don't know how to think or you don't know where to start, if you want to learn how the process works you need to buy the book. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a, I and you need to follow him on all, on all platforms. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I love following you, man. So, I appreciate it's one of my it, favorite follows. Yeah. Thanks, so man. The, I appreciate the two, that. The two, the two adjectives I would, I, I would say the book so far strikes me as it's thought provoking, but accessible. Mm, yeah. And that's a, that's a difficult thing to, to achieve. But so we have gotten a lot of uh, requests for this. It's not just that I want to like pimp our social media, but, Lewis, what is your what Instagram account? Is it just Lewis yeah, it's House? Lewis House on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, only thing on Snapchat, it's Lewis underscore House. Okay. Because I opened up an account like three years ago and then deleted it, and I couldn't figure out my password. So. Okay, and it's at Andy Frisella. For, 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 did you ever get your Snapchat changed? No, it's still MFCEO one. one. Okay, and I'm Gary. I'm I'm not I'm not that. Uh, egotistical that I really want everybody to know mine, but I've had requests for me to spell my name. So mm. at Vaughn Kohler, V-A-U-G-H-N-K-O-H-L-E-R. There's nothing Kohler. egotistical about people wanting to know who you are, man. Well, I know. If yeah. you don't promote you, nobody else is going to promote you. That's true. I need to start you got to be your biggest fan. You know what I need to start doing? I need to start, like, I don't know, pimping up my 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 public persona. <clears throat> so I need to start wearing you get like a like, look? Like yeah, I need to, I need to some, some some gold or bling or something. I actually want to. I don't know if you're segueing for us to wrap up right now. If, <laughs> yeah. that, if that's what you were doing <laughs> with exactly the whole social media, but uh, I wanted to say something before we we do wrap up. If that's what we're doing, but I'm happy to talk longer. No, we can, I don't uh, know what yeah. what are we at, Tyler? We got like a hour. Hour? Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing I was gonna say is that uh, you know you have this persona online for people that maybe follow you or that are listening and that think one way, but like you really do care deeply about people. I mean, you didn't even know me, but you reached out to me. We were like texting and you're like, Hey, how can I help with your book? And this is the first time we're meeting in person. Right. I tell people that all the time. And you were just like, I want to help however I can. I'm going to buy, you know, 500 copies or whatever it was. You just 500. And I was just like, Holy crap. You know, crap. There's friends of mine that I've had for years who wouldn't even like get me on their podcast and one or just like they were too busy or they want to promote me or whatever. And here's a guy that's just like cares deeply. He sees what people are doing, good work. He wants to support people. And you showed up in a huge way. And you did that for Gary. And you did it for me. I do have people you know, I believe in. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's. But it speaks volumes, you know? It's like says a lot I about who you that. are and like your, your level of caring, where some people may just be like, oh, he's just a. Uh, you know, swearing, right. you know, loudmouth CEO, right. like just aggressive, bearded, right. tattooed dude who doesn't right. give a shit about anyone, but you really care. And I can like feel that when I look in your eyes, you know, I really know you, you, you care a lot. I appreciate that. So man. I just want people to know that are listening. I'm sure everyone already does know that, but if you don't, yeah. he's a guy that cares about his team. You know, the energy around here, the level of care is really powerful. And I think people wouldn't want to stay around in a company if you're a CEO or building anything. You got to make sure you care about the people around you, and lift them up. Otherwise, they're going to leave you, or it's going to be a negative environment. So, right. you really put that. Right. I think a lot of people that follow me too get get the impression, like they imagine what I like, like that I run around screaming at my employees. And sometimes I fucking do. Mm-hmm. But right. let me tell you something: there isn't a person that works in this organization that I don't care deeply about. And if they're getting yelled at, it's because I want them to be better. Right. And they know that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's not just yelling because. I'm mad or yelling. It's 
Most of my like, let's let's just be real. I don't have to work another day in my life right, right now. Mm-hmm. I could close these doors mm-hmm. and never ever work again, mm-hmm. and not have not even have to sell the company. Just right. close the company down. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm fortunate enough to be in that position. My motivation in my company now is to get our company to a point where those guys who have mm. bled and sacrificed and helped me get to my position can also get to a similar position. Right. And so when I yell at them and I say, "Hey, you're not." You're not making the fucking layups. You're you're taking plays off. You're doing this. You're doing that. It's not out of a place of anger. It's out of love, like what right. you said. Yeah, right. You know what I mean. Exactly. And that's just how I express it. And you know what? I'm a big believer in, and you know this, Vaughn and and Lewis. I'm sure you know this too. But I'm a big believer in fucking winning. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when yeah. you lose and you're losing, I'm not going to congratulate you for losing. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to put my arm around you and say, when I know you can do better. Right. Now, if you don't know. That's different. Yeah, Somebody right. doesn't know, I'll put my arm around you and say, all right, look, things aren't going your way. Here's what we're going to do to fix it. Right? Yeah, and I think that's good that you, that right. you can shift because oh, some yeah. people, you know, when coaches would scream at me in this aggressive nature, I would just like... Shut down. Shut down, and right. they would keep doing it, and they weren't able to shift. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like I needed them to be like, take me to the side and just be like, hey, listen, we need you to step up. Like, right. we'll do whatever it takes. Right. I'm here for you. Right. You know, and that's right. that's a management like you're, you're getting into management now. You got to understand people, dude, right. and it's, what works. Right. You can't just have them understand only you and the way you act. You've got to be able to understand all ter- types right. of personalities. Hundred percent, right. man. And that's a that's a skill you've got to learn. It's over a time. skill, and it takes consistent. Oh man, it's tough upkeep. It's like a garden. And you know? I, you know, you have all ninety percent men working for you. It looks yeah. like a couple a couple female people uh, employees in here. I've got 90% women working on my team. Yeah. And I'll just let you know, it's a whole different like <laughs> level of understanding and patience and like love. I can't like yell or be yeah. like, step your shit up, bitch. Yeah, you know, yeah. I can't say that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Dude, the funny thing is, is the hilarious. girls that work here right. are the hardest core ones. Oh yeah. yeah they sure. walk around talking shit to all the guys. That's <laughs> awesome. That's good. That's, yeah. But yeah, man, you know, uh, you know, I liked what you said about coming from a place of love. I think mm-hmm. that's reality. And even though, I, even though, you know, my message might come across edgy or harsh to mm-hmm. some people, it's always coming from that place. And yeah. I think that's, I think if people don't understand, I, I mean, my, my guys listen, you guys listening right now understand me and you know that. Right. Uh, and I appreciate you guys so much for, for understanding a crazy fucking dude like me. <laughs> but, right. you know, some people, they'll look at a video or they look at something and they're like, dude, what the fuck? You know, right, and they right. don't understand where I'm coming from. Right. I don't monetize anything that I do, by the way. You know, I, I do this because I love right. seeing people successful. Mm-hmm. And I believe that my purpose in life, I, I feel like I've been given a gift. I feel yeah. like I've been given a gift to help people find something in themselves or show them something that they have in themselves that they mm-hmm. can maybe see in me right. that can help them change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I express that in a little bit different way than right, other people. Right, but the right. key with the key with you, Lewis and Andy, is that when you say you come from a place of love, it's a proper understanding of love. We've talked about this all right. the time. Love is not unconditional coddling of people. No, that's not what love right. is. Right. That's it, the it, truth. It is holding dude, people dude. to account. It is speaking the truth. It's not enabling to them either. Yeah, it's that's not right. enabling. It's empowering. Who do you love more? Do you do you do you do you love the guy who uh, you you know is is fucking up and wasting his life as your friend, right. and he's becoming an alcoholic, and you say nothing to him. Or do you love more the, the other guy doing the same thing and you pull him aside and you say, hey, dude, you're fucking up. Right. 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 You may not like it in the moment. Yeah. That's right. You may be, that's it may be uncomfortable. That that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Quick funny story I got to tell you about sure, this. Sure. So this is a really quick story. So this speaks speaks a little bit of who Andy is. But early on in working with him, I, we had gotten to be friends. But we weren't, I mean, I, I didn't know him that well. Vaughn's caught a lot of flack for working with me. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, way. well, that's not what I was going to share. But the, the point is, is that, so so two years ago, my dad died of cancer. Mm-hmm. But my dad was, I'm not a big car guy, okay? My dream car is a 60, uh, 68 Ford Mustang. That's right. what I get when I get someday. Because that's, that's what my grandfather drive, drove. Anyway, but my dad was a huge car guy. And, and I knew that as he was on his way down, I, I thought he'd really be blessed by, by being able to ride in Andy's Lambo. So I said to him, I go, uh, hey, dude, and I was really, like, sheepish about asking this because I, I was like, hey, uh, do, you, do you think there's any chance that maybe my dad could, uh-huh. could, could take a ride in your Lambo? He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so I said to him, I said, well, I'd be happy to, like, maybe give you some money for that or, you know. He gets this <laughs> blank look on his face. <laughs> he Give you some money to take a ride. I, I'm not going to cuss, but he looks at. He goes, 
what the F kind of person do you think I am? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to F and charge you. You must have an F and low, low view of my character. <laughs> so, but the, so that you. was the funny part about, but the, and I, and I got to brag on the, <laughs> yeah. but, but the, but, 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 but the awesome part about it. And, and I, I tell people this, I said, you, if you only see him as, as a, just a guy that cusses, you don't get this. So when my dad went a lot quicker than we thought he was going to go, Dude, he went, it happened he, like two he, weeks after yeah. he asked me. Oh, man, and like, we didn't get I get this. Yeah. And I get this, this, it was very yeah, heartfelt text from him. I saying, still regret dude, that. He's saying, "Dude, I, I, I just feel terrible Ugh. that it ever happened." I but still I go, feel terrible. I go, "Well, no, you shouldn't, because when I told my dad, just even the thought of it, he was so jacked. Excited, I mean, yeah, he was yeah. really like he excited, told because because so. he asked yeah. me, and literally, like I was thinking, like, all right, you know, in the next month or two, we'll get this done. Dude, he died two weeks later. Right? Right. And like I didn't, yeah, like I mean, we didn't, we nobody knew he was going to go that fast. Yeah, and nobody like, knew. dude, I, I. But I still feel like legitimately you, no, horrible no, no, about no, no, that. no, no. You don't have to. But as a segue, I mean, right, kind of right. to keep it heavy, okay? Yeah. You you're doing a lot of awesome stuff. Thank you. All right. So when you're you know on your deathbed, what really do you mm. want to say? This is what I did. You know, that's a good question. I ask everyone. That's too heavy. Is that? No, man. Okay. All right. You know, I want to. I want. Because I, I want you to. What I want people to say question. about me. Yeah. I want them to say that Lewis was a symbol of what's possible for my life, and he always went after all of his dreams and sh- and showed me that it was okay for me to chase any dream that I had. And I want them to just say, "Wow!" Like he really showed up and he gave it all. He left it all in the field, and he loved everyone. Like his heart grew bigger and bigger every year, and he made people feel like they're the most important person in the world when he was with them and i think that's for me is the legacy that i'd love to live behind it's not how much money you know i want to make a lot of money and achieve a lot of things as well like i think that's just going to happen but i don't care if people say like oh it was great that he was an all-american athlete like that means nothing to me mm-hmm. i want them to know i want them to have a feeling about me and to be a symbol for many many years to come for people to talk about what's possible in mm-hmm. life that's mm-hmm. that's the thing what I want people to talk about. Nice. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. So you answer that. Look, man, I'm not going to compete with Lewis. <laughs> look, I look, guys. We can talk about that another day. Here's what I want to here, here's what I, I want to wrap it up because we're getting long here. Um and it would be easy to sit here and talk all day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and dude, I'd love to have you back someday. I'd love to. You know, yeah. Back through St. Louis or whatever. Yeah, it'd be great. Um but guys, uh Please check this man out. Um, he, he's one of my favorite people to follow. Check out his book. Support him. Uh, buy the book. And this isn't about hawking books either. This is a book that I guarantee you you're going to read and you're going to feel <clears throat> you're going to feel better about reading it and you're going to get something out of it. And you guys know that I'm a big reader. I read a book a week. Um, and I feel like even if you only get one thing out of a book, like one idea, it was mm-hmm. worth the time. Absolutely. You know, and I guarantee you this is going to be one of those books that you're going to get multiple, multiple points out of. So and just to and just to emphasize the difference between this book and most books is at the end of every chapter, there's a number of exercises to help you get clear on what you mm-hmm. want and how to get there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it's even like if you just go to the end of the chapters and go through the exercises, it's going to be really help helpful get in getting clarity. That's right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, thank Thanks. you so much for being on the show. Appreciate it. It means man. a lot, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having yeah, me, guys. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys. Until next time, don't be a bitch. We gonna let the band deal with this. <laughs> mm-hmm. In my A style. <laughs> Old school. Uh-huh. Okay. Shut up. Uh-huh. Okay. What's up?